Hallelujah. Well, again, I'd like to just extend a big thank you to everybody that uh, was a part of our Harvest Carnival. And, and uh, it's always uh, uh, a wonderful thing to be able to uh, do some things for your community. Amen. Just to be a blessing. Amen. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, God blesses us. Amen. And so, uh, like I said, I don't know what the amount, they said there was over 450, somewhere there between there and 500 people that were there. So that's a good, good turnout. Amen. And uh, I was watching as they were all coming in through the gates and it just seemed like they just kept coming and that parking lot just filled up, praise God. So I thought, hallelujah, there must be 10,000 people here. <laughs> well, at least it seemed like that. But anyway, God's good, amen? amen. Hallelujah. What a glorious day. Uh, we're going to Deuteronomy chapter 30, please. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And uh, we have been ministering on some things about faith over the last you know, couple months. And I took some time to talk about um, Choices being made, choosing life, and what that means. Today, I want to talk some more about that. And uh, did you come to receive today? I said, did you come to receive today? Amen. You have to purpose to receive if you're going to get something. Amen. Because you could check out, you know, sitting right there in that seat, just check out, thinking about lunch or fried chicken or something. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So. Uh, but uh, you got you got a purpose to receive, and if you do that, you always go home with something. Praise God. So Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse uh, 19 and 20 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. In other words, what your decision is going to not just affect you, it's going to affect others around you. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He... For he is your life. He is your life, right? And the length of your days. In other words, also will give you, uh, talking about longevity there too also. Amen. So he is your life and he's also, uh, you know, there to give you longevity. And that you may dwell in the land. In other words, possess the land that you're called to, which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. In other words, that same promise holds true to you and me. There are all kinds of promises, amen, that are to you and me, amen, that are for us, praise God. So this here, uh, he's telling them uh, in context what has gone on and what we took the time to do last week is back up a little bit and kind of went through some of this. Chapters 27, 28, 29, 30 are all talking about here where the Lord is really bringing forth the understanding of the blessing and the curse and what that means. How many know the blessings out there? Yes. How many know the curses out there? Yes. It don't take long to see it. It's out there, all right? And uh, we have a choice of which, whether we're going to operate under the blessing or whether we're going to operate under the curse. And this is what he's trying to make clear to the children of Israel. Now, if you remember, they're standing between two mountains in the valley, and these two uh, mountains is uh, Gerizim and, and Ebal, I believe is the name of them. And uh, one is barren. Ebal is barren. The other one has got vegetation all over it. And the, from summit to summit, there are only 3,000 square. Uh, as far as height, that's ain't very high to you and me. We kind of think, well, that's nothing. That's just kind of a, an anthill to us. But, uh, but to them, that's a mountain, okay? So from uh, the summit of one to the other is only one mile. And so they're all standing, all the children of Israel now are standing in between this, and they're making declarations of the blessing and the curse. And the idea is they're letting it be known if you, if you operate under the blessing, there's life, there's abundance, there's, uh, there's uh, you know, needs are met, but you operate under the curse, it's barren, there's nothing there, uh, life is miserable. Are you hearing me? It's pretty plain, it's pretty simple, all right? We, under the blessing, things work. Under the curse, things don't work. Are you with me? And we took a little bit of time, went through all that, amen, and uh, kind of gave a little understanding about that. Uh, the curse, uh, as well as the blessing, they can affect your whole household. You can be, uh, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise, or you can be broke, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> Anybody hear me? Amen. Yeah. I you can have everything working for you, everything working against you. You can have uh, your, your, your kids all in order, or you can have them all out of control. And when you start listing the curse, it, it, it makes it real clear. Uh, family problems, marital problems, kid problems, financial problems, health issues. I mean, all this kind of stuff uh, is, is, is under the curse. Somebody say, I don't want the curse. 
I don't want to curse. I don't want to curse. I don't want that mess. So he makes it clear here. He says, you know, I call heaven and earth uh, uh, as witnesses today against you. In other words, he's just saying, listen, you, you ain't going to be able to come to me later and say, I didn't understand. That's what he's saying. You ain't going to be able to come back and say, I just didn't get it, or I don't understand, or, or nobody told me. That's a big one. Nobody told me. Well, um, it's a good thing you came today so we could tell you. Right. Amen. So you're not going to be able to get to heaven one day and say, nobody told me, because they're going to do an instant replay right behind him. There's going to be this big screen. It's going to show Pastor Jerry getting at it. <laughs> well, maybe not. But anyway, the point is, amen, you're not going to be able to do that. And this is what he's saying here. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you. In other words, I've explained to you what it means to walk in life, what it means to uh, the death and ruin, destruction. That's what that word means. Blessing, curse. I've laid it all out there. But he says, choose life. Everybody say, choose life. life. That's a choice that you have to make. Amen. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Amen. Because your choice not just affects you, it affects those around you. Now, that, the reason I mention that is because a lot of times I've had people say, well, you, you, you know, it's my choice. Well, yeah, it's your choice. Well, it doesn't matter. It's my life. Leave me alone. You can live however you want to live. Oh, skin off me. Come on. Live how you want to live. But understand this. It ain't just you. You think you're the only one that's affected by your decisions. No, it ain't. There are people around you affected by your decisions. Say amen or owe me. Come on now, that's the truth. So that's what he's trying to bring out, understand that. Now, if you remember, uh, you know, some of the, uh, you know, he's talking to the children of Israel. And of course, uh, this is the first generation that came out of Egypt. And of course, how many know they didn't listen? So now they're out there roaming around for 40 years out in the wilderness under the curse. Because they didn't want to listen. They didn't want to follow. Okay, it makes it real clear. Now, the next generation gets to go in, take the promised land. Now, Joshua's leading, and how many know that, you know, it's a little different story. They go in and actually take the land, right? A, few, a couple little setbacks here and there, but they just kept going. They literally had, uh, after Jericho, and they had the whole thing fixed there, and AI, then they went in 31 consecutive victories. That's pretty good, right? 31 consecutive victories. That's pretty good. I'd, I'd take that. My team don't ever win anymore, so, I mean, I'd take a victory any day. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So uh, anyway, so praise the Lord. So, uh, you know, 31 consecutive victors after that. But then Joshua gets done. He says, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve God. Who's with me? And they all say, well, yeah. And he gets on him. He says, now you're going to fall. Oh, no, 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 we're not. We're going we're gonna to serve God forever. Same thing here goes for our house as your house, Joshua. Well, Joshua knew what was going on. He understood, okay? And some of the stuff we're talking about today is going to give an understanding about how this goes down because he makes a statement here. Put that verse back up there again. He says, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. But then verse 20, he makes it clear that he is your life. So what he's saying is you have to choose me if you want this thing to work. Now, you with me or not? Am I already boring you? Okay, because if I have to dance a jig, I can do it, I guess, if it'll help. But uh, amen. Now, he says here that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and length of days. Amen. And that you may dwell in the land uh, which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Now, put the New Living translation of that verse. And it just says this. This is the New Living. It says, you can make this choice. And this is exactly what it means here. You can make this choice. What choice? Choosing life. You can make this choice. Here's how you do it. By loving the Lord, your God, by obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. Now look at your neighbor and say, simple. See, it's the key to your life. It has never changed. You know, this has never changed. This right here is how it works. Amen. This is what Joshua was telling the, the, the second generation. He said, I know we've had all these victories. God has shown himself strong. But here's the deal. If you're not going to keep him as your, as your priority, it ain't going to be long, and you're not going to serve God any different than your, your, your forefathers did. Are you with me? And if you really look at the scriptures and you watch how that whole thing, within a decade, most of them weren't even serving God anymore. 
So Joshua was right, okay, because this is how it comes down. Okay, this is how you make the choice. This is how you keep choosing life. Love God. Everybody say, love God. Okay, now this particular word here is a word that means a relational thing. It's talking about a face-to-face, a communion, a fellowship, being a friend. This is what this word here means. Okay, so it starts off with a relationship. Now, anybody can have that relationship. That's right. There's nothing complicated about this word here, loving the Lord your God. There's nothing complicated about it. It means to be friend, to be a friend of and to have him as your friend. Now, does anybody in the house have a friend? All two of you. Wow. I need to preach about being friendly. Does anybody in the house have a friend? Any kind of friend? Some of you say, well, I have this imaginary friend. Well, does, does, let's try to, does anybody have a friend? Thank you. Okay. Now, is it really complicated to have a friend? It really ain't. Now, there might be a few friends that have complicated moments, but, but for the most part, to be friend, to really call somebody your friend and for them to call you friend, it really just means to stand, to talk, to communicate, to hang out, to do things, to joke around, right? Not that complicated. Well, he's saying the same thing because the, the patriarchs of faith, what they all have in common is they walked with God. They literally, it literally means to carry on small talk. They developed a friendship just by talking to God like they would anybody else. So loving the Lord your God is not complicated. It just has to be done. Somewhere along the line, you have to learn to carry on a conversation with the Lord. This isn't even really talking about just having a a personal prayer life, which you should have. But it's talking about befriending, communicating, talking with him, and letting him communicate back. And when you begin to do that, then the next one says, amen, obeying him. And that literally means to hear with intent to do is what it means. Okay, in fact, the, the probably best word for this word uh, is the old Elizabethan English word, hearken, which means to listen with intent to follow. So what he's saying here is first starts off with this relationship, a communication. And then when God begins to talk to you or put a witness in your heart, follow it. Are you with me? You're going to have to follow it. I mean, those little, widow, little uh, uh, promptings, those little witness, the little proddings of the Spirit. Sometimes even you might even pick up the voice of God. Amen. In those moments, uh, the, all he's asking is follow those times. All right? Why, why would I want to do it? Because you like the blessing, not the curse. Because it's in the little simple instructions that keeps you steering clear of the curse. But when we just do our own thing, we don't want to give God any heed. We just do whatever we want to do, wait for all hell to break loose. And by the way, it will. And when it all breaks loose, now you want God to fix it. Am I right? Or you get mad at God because all hell broke loose. And really what it always comes down to, it comes down to, all right, I'm not listening. I'm not giving heed to anything he's talking to me about or rejecting it or ignoring it. Now, if you hang on, this is going to be all right message. You'll do fine. But we just got to kind of get through some of this, okay? Some of you are like, oh, my God, why did I come? Because you want the blessing. So loving the Lord, so in other words, I start developing a relationship with him. And as he begins to communicate with him, I follow it. And then it says, and committing yourself firmly to him. All right, and that's what that word to cling to is what it refers to, is a commitment. One of the the closest words we have, uh, if you would say maybe a new covenant word, is the word agapeo, which is like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the word agapeo. It means with a commitment. Everybody say a commitment. Commitment. Now, hang on, because this is where we're going with this today. Okay, so a commitment. Okay, so I'm not only going to carry on, not only going to develop a relationship with my friend. Come on, somebody. But I'm also going to give heed as he begins to communicate. But now I'm making a decision. I'm committing to this. Because here's the problem. Okay, here's the problem. Today I'm serving God until the pressure's on tomorrow. 
And now, I, you know, I don't have to serve God today. I don't have to follow him today. I'll do that tomorrow. But see, if there's no commitment, see, then we waver. We're to follow today, we don't tomorrow. Now, to choose life, okay, to choose life, okay, is really an initial decision that turns into a daily thing. Right? Because my initial decision is I'm choosing him by a relationship. I'm going to follow what he says, and I'm committed to doing it every day. And when you do that now, here comes every day now a string of little decisions to make all through the course of a day. Are you with me? <laughs> and it's just, follow, it's just it's just simple things. It's always just simple things. You know, everybody says, well, if I, as soon as I give God the time, I know what he's going to do. He's going to make me move to Timbuktu. <laughs> Have you ever been to Timbuktu? I know he's going to make me go. Or I, I just know if I, if I give him the time of day, he's going to talk to me about my issue with my spouse. I know he's going to. He's going to get on me. I know he will. So if I just avoid him, we don't have to talk about it. Now, I'm not saying that he won't, you know, talk to you about, you know, placement or he won't talk to you about an issue. He obviously does. Amen. But primarily, the Lord is looking just to lead. Because sometimes it's in the little bitty decisions every day that keeps the blessing rolling in your life. And if you're committed to it, you can stay in the blessing. I'm not saying you're going to have moments of pressure, but even in the moments of pressure, if you're following God, you just kind of ride on through it. I said ride on through it. You know, you think about the, uh, Jesus talked about, uh, you know, the storm that comes and said the one that, that followed, that hears and follows, that even though the storm came and it blew and shook everything, but it, that house remained firm and, and, and everything was great, life went on. But the other one over here that wouldn't listen to what God had to say, the same storm had hit their house, blew it all apart and went downstream. Again, it came down to this. Let me lead you. You just follow you'll stay blessed, even when the pressure's on. Are you still with me? Now, everybody say, follow. Okay, let's do this. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, and we're still talking about, amen, he is your life, amen, and we're going to stay locked on. Okay, have you ever heard the story about Martha, Martha? We just got off a very busy week, so some of us are thinking, oh, great, you had to talk about that this week, huh? All right, but anyway, let's look at this. Verse 38 of chapter 10 says, Now it happened as they went uh, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into, the, into her house. Everybody say they, she welcomed him. All right, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. Amen, what he had to say. But Martha, uh-oh, uh-oh, was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell that woman, get her fanny in here now. Tell her uh, to help me. Amen. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're right. Mary, what are you thinking? <laughs> Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Now, she thinks it's just one thing. But he said it's many things. But one thing is needed. Aren't you glad when he says there's just one thing needed? <laughs> Sometimes I think there's probably about a half a dozen at least. But he just said there's just one thing needed. And look at this. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. All right. So obviously Mary did the right thing. Martha is struggling a little bit here. So let's take a look at this a little bit. Are you with me? All right. Because keep in mind everything we've been talking all right? So one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Well, what was, what was she doing? She's, she's receiving what he has to say, right? Now, 
Martha, obviously, is, is distracted, it said, with much serving. There's nothing wrong with serving, okay? But at this particular moment, uh, you don't need to be making sure that, you know, the napkins are folded right, you know, and make sure that, uh, you know, the, the places are set at the table and, and all. Right now, you got the master sitting in the other room ministering to some folks here, amen, and Mary's in there, sitting there, receiving what he has to say, right? So at this particular time, it's a good thing what Mary's doing here. Now, Martha's all caught up with everything else, all right, to the point now, she doesn't even realize she's all worked up and overly worked up, all right, to the point that she makes a dumb statement. Do you not care? Uh, does she know who she's talking to? And besides that, the one that she's talking to, all right, has fed 5,000 with a few loaves of fish, or a few loaves of bread and a few fish. Come on, somebody. So we don't have to worry about lunch. Lunch is taken care of. Anybody hearing me? We don't have to worry about dinner. Dinner's taken care of. We don't have to worry about, amen, uh, you know, snack time. Why? Because, because, you know, it's taken care of. Is anybody hearing me? See, what happens, we don't need to get all worked up about some things because the one that can take care of all this is sitting in the other room. And, and, and according to him, what Mary's doing is the right thing. It's the one thing that's needed. What was that? Connecting, receiving, following, and being committed. Are you with me? Because it's exactly what's going on here. All right. Uh, the uh, verse 42 uh, in the Passion Translation says, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. The Message Translation says it this way, one thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. The New Living says it this way, there is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, in, in what's going on here is where we have to take a lesson from, okay, is the fact that when Jesus is sitting there talking and communicating, carrying on uh, with, and Mary's in there receiving it, it's not just about, not just about teachings, not just about you know, doctrines, not just about, uh, you know, insights, uh, you know, and revelation of things. It involves all that, but sometimes the master is giving you, you know, some simple instructions. Sometimes the master is, gives you creative ideas. Is anybody hearing me? Sometimes the master, amen, is giving you, amen, a little, a little understanding about that, that, that child thing or that marriage thing or about that health issue or that, that financial thing going on. Is anybody hearing me? Yes. This is why it's so critical for us not to lose sight of the one thing that's needed. Right, right. The one thing that's needed, the one thing that's necessary is time spent with the master. In fact, if Martha would be sitting in there in a few minutes when we get back to the kitchen, she'd probably find there's no stress. Is anybody hearing me? Because some of us are stressing out about things we have no business stressing out about. Do you hear me? See, time spent with the master takes all the stress. Time with the master brings empowerment. He doesn't just talk to you about what you have to do and what you should do and what's needful for you. He also talks about how to empower you so you can get the job done. Just time spent with the master, that's where the word grace is all about, a divine influence that comes upon a heart that's now reflected in your life. Well, how does that come? By time spent with the master. So when he says choose life, this is what he's talking about. It has never, never changed. If you want to live in the blessing, and see, a lot of times what happens, people say, well, I chose life. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know, I, I made a selection. 
I looked at a good day and a bad day, and I said, I'll take the good day. And a lot of, I mean, you should, right? I mean, it's like if I had the choice, right? He says, choose life. Well, I, I choose the good day. But, but see, you made an initial, you know, selection, but now it's going to involve multiple little things that you're going to have to follow and do. And it's following him and that relationship with him and that inter, in, that connection that's going on with him, that not only the words and instruction, but the empowerment to carry things out. That's why we have so many Christians that have a leading that never see it come into fruition, that have a calling that never see it totally come to pass. They have gifting, but then it just, it just dies on the vine. We got a body, a, 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 the body of Christ is filled with this kind of stuff. Well, I just don't understand. I know he called me. I know he, he told me about this. I know he said this was for me to uh, walk in and to be and to do. I just don't understand. How come all? Because there's no daily connection going on. There's no empowerment happening. There's no in, simple little instructions that help you along the way. This is why the relationship is so important. You know, we just, we just don't love each other anymore. We just kind of fell out of love. And, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. No, it shouldn't be that way. Now, we're not condemning anybody. I'm just saying it's no different in a marriage. You know, some, some of you wanted to get married. I, I couldn't. I couldn't separate. You two sucking face on the front row half the time. I'm like, what? Let her breathe. We're oh, just so in love. Oh my God. Oh, I just can't live without her. We're so in love. Oh, nobody's ever been as in love as we've been in love. We have. And then, you know, four months later, they're in my office going, we just can't stand each other. Fuck yeah, yeah. We got that, literally. It's like, whoa, breaks. Well, you know, just the way it is. No, it isn't supposed to be that way. First off, the relationship, you know, kind of, you know, no, no communication going on here. That's good. Somebody says, well, I just don't understand. You know, uh, you, know, you know how it is. Love is blind. No, love is focused, not blind. That's the difference. Love is not blind. Love is focused. Because when you were sucking face on the front row, you were focused. You were focused on every good quality of that individual. Every good quality of that individual. So somewhere along the line, we lost focus. And now we're focusing more on every negative of that individual than their positive. Is anybody hearing me? So somebody said, Pastor, you had to bring that up. Well, it's no different. Your relationship with God is about staying focused. It's about locking on and staying connected. Because if you do that, then all of a sudden you're seeing things and you know how to steer this and turn here and turn there. Do this, don't do that. Say this, don't say that. Some, have you noticed that 90% of our problems come from our mouth? Is anybody... Am I the only one that sees this? No. It's like, dude, just shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Life would get better instantly. And it isn't just the fact that somebody talks all the time. It comes down to sometimes it's the negativity and it's the, the spewing out your mouth, all the yuck and the junk and the... Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? And sometimes the simple instruction is, shut thy mouth, please. Think before you speak. Thank you. Somebody said, oh, it ain't that simple. Yes, most of the time it's that simple because so many problems could be resolved. Be a friend, be kind. Right? 
Well, I'd rather punch him in the mouth. Well, I'm, I don't know if there's a verse for that. <laughs> Let me see if I can find one here. Because if I could find one, boy, that'd be wonderful. If <laughs> we did get armor. <laughs> yeah, amen. Put the armor on. Amen. I put that sword, you know. Amen. The point is this, amen, that our relationship with God comes right down to, amen, what Mary's doing right now. Amen. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, letting, letting him feed into, him, in, into her. Amen. Now, Martha's not doing anything evil. Has anybody noticed that? Was there anything that Martha was doing that was evil? She wasn't doing anything evil. She was, she was serving. She was, she was prepping, you know, whatever, maybe getting ready for the meal or whatever she's doing. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe in their folding clothes. I, I don't know, but she's in there serving. So what she's doing, there ain't nothing what she's doing that's evil. So it's not like, you know, Mary, you evil, wicked woman. Martha, I meant. Martha, you evil, wicked woman. If the Lord says your name twice, look out. <laughs> Martha, Martha. I think I've had a few Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> anyway, the point is, amen. It wasn't like it was an evil thing. The point is this. The relational part was being overlooked here. Are you still with me? Okay, now let's, let's look at this. Um, all right, let's back up real quick. Let's now take a look at this. Verse 38. Now it happened as they went. Are you still with me? Yeah. All right. It happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So received her, welcomed her. It literally means to entertain hospitably. Come on, it means to admit under one's roof. Makes sense, right? You think, well, let's have to do with it. Well, she's, she's okay with bringing him in the house, but, but she's not. It's the inner room that we're concerned about right now. Is anybody hearing me? So... Mary's not just, you know, receiving him into the house. She's receiving him into her house. Is anybody hearing me? There's a big difference. See, you can receive. You say, well, we believe we're in Jesus around here. Okay. Uh, do you follow him every day? Well, you know, you know, as well as everybody else. What does that mean? It depends who we're talking about, the other else. The point is this. See, a lot of times we're, see, she, she went ahead and welcomed him into her house, but she, you know, that, it's a good thing, right? Come on, wouldn't it be a good thing? That'd be a good thing. So we're not saying it's a bad thing, but see, we're not just looking for you to say, he's welcome in my house. Come on. I, want, I, want, I want intimacy here. And I brought it, brought it last week, and I'll say it again, intimacy equals vulnerability, and that's why most people avoid it, because that means you're, you're more vulnerable, okay, but I found that most of the time the Lord isn't, it isn't about he's always trying to correct you. That most of the time the Lord is just trying to walk you and lead you and guide you. Amen. Give you some insight. Have you ever had the Spirit of God just say, don't answer that? I've had it happen. So he says, oh, how rude. No, no. Spirit of the Lord said, don't answer that. Okay. No problem. We'll talk later about it. No problem. We'll do that. Amen. Some of you are thinking, I knew it when I called you. You didn't answer. No. <laughs> Sometimes, see, it's, there's just simple things. Sometimes, you know, the Spirit of God will talk to you about a decision you're about to make. If you ever the Spirit of the Lord talk to you about, you're about ready to sign your line on that dotted line. Come on, somebody. The Spirit of the Lord says, ah, 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 ah. I'd hold off on that one. No way. I got to have it. Three months later, what the heck have I done? Right? Right? Most of the time, the issues that we need prayer for are things that the Spirit of the Lord was in previous time was trying to talk to you about. Now, we're not condemning anybody because we've all been guilty of this mess. Right? Work with me, right? We've all done these things. And we've all ended up in messes that probably if we would have just been listening two months earlier or three months earlier or a month earlier or two days ago or maybe even an hour ago, if we had just followed, we probably wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. This conflict could have maybe been already handled. This issue, this, if 
financial problem, this health issue. Don't eat that bacon double cheeseburger. <laughs> uh, ask him how I know about that one. Do you really think you need to eat a triple burger? Yes, meat. Ah, uh, ugh, meat. Okay, well, I don't think you need three, three slabs of beef there, buddy. All right. Well, anyway, that, that's my issue, but anyway. All right, so anyway. Maybe that's not yours, but anyway. Uh, so verse 39. So she welcomed in the house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet, at Jesus' feet, and heard his word. Okay, so... So you sat, okay? That means to, con, uh, to convene, to hold or devote one's attention to. That's what it means. So she sat. She's, she's, Jesus is now holding her attention, okay? It means also to wait on her, to be still. Uh, you can kind of, you know, that also kind of fits in there. In fact, Psalms 46, let's go ahead and throw a couple of them up. Psalms 46, 10 says, be still and know that I'm God, okay? But sometimes, you know, we, we don't get still enough. Come on. But how I many know, get still, know that he's God, right? Come on, which just means sometimes you got to give him some attention, let him lead, let him direct, let him be God. Let God be God. Right? Sometimes we're too busy taking the reins, think we're going to run this thing. All right. Anyway, Psalms 62 and 5 says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Okay? And the point being is, once again, it's, this is what Mary's doing now. She's, she's waiting silently. She's letting him speak into her. That's what she's doing. Okay? That's what Mary's doing right now. All right, and it says, at Jesus' feet, back to Luke 10, at Jesus' feet. So she sat at Jesus' feet, and that literally just means a place of sufficiency, which, by the way, is still ours. I'm waiting on him, which means is I'm bowed before him, letting him lead me, letting him speak to me, letting him empower me, letting him give me insight, letting him answer the questions, letting him, uh, you know, uh, Give me clarity of vision about something. Letting him give me ideas, uh, creativity, whatever it is. There's all kinds of things that are available at the feet of Jesus. Right. Amen. Right? Yes. Everybody say, stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. All right? It's focused. So, so you know, you got to stay focused. So she's staying focused. Okay? Now, uh, here, a couple more references. Let's just throw them out there. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says that not that we, have, uh, that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but are what sufficiency is from God, right? Now, remember, Jesus, Jesus knew that. I said, Jesus knew that. I said, Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that. Okay, Jesus understood this. Okay, all right? The Word says, he, this is what Jesus said. He says, not that, he said that in myself, I don't, I don't have the ability in myself. I have nothing in me, no ability in me to do this. But he says, as the Father leads me, so I follow. As he speaks, so I say. As he shows me, so I do. Now, how many know Jesus was successful? He said, I can't of myself do nothing. Jesus, the Master, the Savior, the, our Lord, right? I mean said, I can of myself do nothing. I think, well, man, if he don't know what he's doing, we're all in trouble. No, but see what he does. He says, no, I know where to get all the answers. I know how to get direction. I know how to get clarity. Amen. I know when I should walk on the water and when I shouldn't. I know when it's okay to sleep in the boat instead of walking on the water. Come on, somebody. I know there are times when he literally walked into a place, ministered to one person when there's sick folk everywhere, and walked back out. And other times he'll walk in and it said he ministered to them all. How did he know that? Because he knew in myself I can do nothing. So what I do as I carry on an intimacy with my father, he begins to lead me, guide me, and direct me. I follow. Come on. I follow. Right? That's how it works. See, Jesus, 84 times in the Gospels, referred to himself as the Son of Man. Well, I thought he was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. 
But I came to walk this and fulfill this as the son of man, not the son of God. Which means shows you and me. That's why he said the same works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father who's in heaven. In other words, the same way it worked for me is the same way it works for you. The same way it worked for Joshua and, the, and, and the, the, that second generation, amen, is the same way it works for you and me. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. It never has changed. This has never changed. You carry on a relationship, amen, you follow when he leads, and you stay committed to it. And if you do that, it always works. You stay in the blessing, avoid the curse. Stay in the blessing, avoid the curse. But when we get busy, right? When we get busy, right? When we get busy, in fact, what's the next verse? Back here in, in Luke, I'm all over the map, it seems like. Luke uh, 10 again, verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Everybody say Distracted. She was distracted. Distracted. Okay. It means to draw, to be drawn apart. It means to be divided or crowded in the mind. Okay, but Martha, I think the Amplified says it this way, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Overly occupied and too busy. Have you ever been overly occupied? Hmm. Just with usual busyness or usual business of the day sometimes uh, just you know busyness come on we get overly distracted anybody hearing me yeah. well pastor now what are you doing i mean you're telling me what are you telling me we can't work we can't no no i'm telling you see the this is where the relationship is so important this is where the intimacy with god is so important because it's the little biddings and the promptings that you start picking up on that every day as you're walking and because you're committed to it that even when you're doing your normal job or, or raising your babies or making lunch or, you know, uh, folding the clothes or, uh, you know, outside, you know, with your hammer doing what, I mean, whatever it is, the whole time because you have an intimacy and a relationship with God, as God begins to communicate and talk to you and because you're committed to it, you're willing to do whatever he says right now at the moment. Amen. This would be a good time for you to go here or do this or say this to so-and-so or, right, or call so-and-so or write this down. I mean, there's so many simple things God could just say. This would be good. You know, take, take, take a note on this. Hang on to this and deal with this later, right? There's so many things that God wants to talk to us about. But see, until we really have that intimacy, that friendship going on with him, we probably don't pick up on that. To us, we just think he's just the, the big guy in the sky, I know how many times like, people talk that way. You know, he's just, you know, the, you know, the big guy in the sky. He'll handle it. Well, um, maybe he's trying to talk to you about something. Here. Well, you know. See, sometimes there's, he's so, it, it, right. there's, no, there's, no, there's no relational thing. Is anybody hearing me? Everybody say, choose life. Choose life. Choose life. That's what it is. Okay, so that intimacy, praise God. Hallelujah. Then comes instructions. Then comes that, you know, you're staying committed to it. Amen. So Martha got overly occupied and too busy. Now, as I said earlier, it wasn't like she was doing something that was evil or wicked. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up, because most of the time everybody goes, well, you know. I mean, I had to do this. I had to take care of this. I had to go handle this. I had to this. I had. We always have an excuse or we always have a reason. Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Yes. Somebody says, you know, well, pastor, you know, I would have loved to, to do that. I would have loved to, you know, I know God was wanting me to kind of do this, but, you know, this other thing came up and, well, you know, God's not saying that things won't come up. He's not, he understands that. He knows all the commitments that are out there. He under, I mean, he, he understands it more than you do. He understands all the things that are out there in front of you. He understands the fact that you have a family to raise, that you have babies to feed. You don't think he doesn't know that? Do you think he's just going to blow you off and say, who cares about your family? Let them all starve. <laughs> think that's the way he is? Think about that. He knows everything that's going on. But see, he knows, he knows how to make sure to get not only you and your descendants. Amen. How do I... What, how, Come and hang out with me a bit. Let me talk to you about it. And let me walk you through this. 
because there's a way to do this that works. And when it's working, you'll experience the blessing and not the curse because the curse is miserable. What's that? It does. And when you really figure it out, it does. She said the curse takes more time. And it really does in the end because now it's running to the doctor, running to this and the counselor and this and, and, and running over here and running over there, running over here, running over there, running over here because I got to go fix, got to fix, got to fix, got to fix, got everything. Oh my God, I got so much stuff to do. I just don't understand it. Why do I have so much of my plan? I just don't get it. Somebody says, I just said that this morning. Years ago, I had a situation. I was kind of using the illustration, and I said that, that you know, those roundabouts. Yeah. So anyway, these roundabouts, okay, and so they started putting one. I think it was the, like one of the first ones in Bend, and, and I, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how these things work, right? You know, so, you know, going around. And as I came around one time, I, 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 one of my parishioners was in another car, and they're just... <laughs> I'm like, I just like, don't want them to see me because I'm thinking they weren't doing it to me, praise the Lord. But they were doing it to somebody else, but I saw it. And I used that as an illustration. I didn't, no names, I didn't mention no names. I didn't. I was being kind. And I still explained it. And I had, I had four people after service, four, four of them came up to me and apologized for it. And it wasn't any of them. So we're not alone. Look at your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. See, we've all been caught up in this stuff. And, and, and pretty soon we think, we think, you know, because of everything going on, we have, a, we have a reason. You know, it's like spend time with God. Well, I just ain't got time. If you, if you were as busy as me, you, you, you would understand. No, if I was as busy as you, I'd make sure I got up earlier. And get a word from God because I'm sure half this stuff I'm doing, I don't need to do. And maybe those four jobs ain't none of them from God. Maybe there's a different job that meets all the needs and you actually can breathe. Did I spit all over you, Rick? Nope. Rick's thinking, why do I sit in the front row? <laughs> now, somebody says, Pastor, I, you, you just don't understand. Now, listen, see, Martha, see, see we can learn from Martha. Because Martha, the word said, then she approached him, verse 40 again. She approached him. And I thought, well, let's look that up, too. And it means to stand to stand out or upon, to literally, the word actually means to assault. Okay? It also refers to interruptions and that kind of thing, but, but, but more in, a, more in a, a, an aggressive interruption. So this wasn't like she just says, Lord Jesus, excuse me. May I interrupt for just a minute? I would like some help in here. Thank you very much. No, she had her big girl voice on. Huh? Come on. And you could see it in her eyes. She wasn't happy. She had some, she probably was in the other room looking at Mary. And Mary probably can feel it. Something, something over here. But I'm not looking because I'm focused. Yeah? I'm focused. And so, you know, she interrupts Jesus and she makes a statement, do you not care? Do you? Now, I mean, if I said that to you about something, you'd probably think, well, dude, lighten up. Back off, Jack. Talk to the hand because the head ain't listening. Well, so Jesus, you know, gets interrupted. Huh? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. 
You don't, I mean, think about this. I mean, you don't think that she's, she's sitting, I mean, I'm sure they don't have like, you know, a three-story, you know, townhouse here. I mean, this is, you know, they're, they're all sitting right there. So, I mean, she's like, tell that sister of mine, get in here. Now, why, why is this so important? Well, verse 41, please. Martha, Martha, you're all worked up in trouble. Literally means you're stressing out. You're stressing out about many things. You have no business to be stressing out. Now, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Come on, is anybody stressed out in the last 48 hours? Yeah. I'm sure some of you are lying to me. <laughs> Come on now. Anybody stressed out in the last week? Yes. Man, we just got off a, you know, a week of harvest carnival. Woo! Some things, a lot of work, a lot of going. They're trying to get this done, get that done, get this done, get that done. And then the event starts, and it's like, people! <laughs> the sign says, go this way! <laughs> what is so wrong with the pastor? God. <laughs> Golly. What's his problem? Well, he's stressing out. Anybody ever stressed out? Why are you stressing out? We've all been there. But you stop and you think about it. How many times does the Spirit of the Lord say, this would be a good time just, you know, get alone with me for just a minute. Let me talk to you about something. Let me empower you here because you're about to embark on something. You're going to need everything I have <laughs> to actually do this. Come on now. Verse 42. Amen. Hallelujah. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. She's doing what's right. Many times what happens is, we get so caught up, we don't take any time. We get so busy that we don't take any time to just get alone, get quiet, get still. Come on, where your soul will wait silently, let God talk and speak. Many times, all it is, is the empowerment. <clears throat> I'm kind of a little teaser for maybe coming up here, but that grace is that empowerment that comes on you. And sometimes all that's happening right now is you're literally getting your tank filled up. What's going on? I'm full. Ready to take on the day. Here we go. You're not stressing out. You're not worked up. Everything's cool. Everything's great. Amen. And all it took was a little time spent at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Can I hear a big amen? Look at your neighbor and say, we need to get there more. <laughs> Did you get something today? Come on, give God praise, everybody. Come on. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.